Welcome to The Common Rounds. Medical education for medical students by medical students. And okay, so last time we talked about the spinal pathways, or not quite the pathways, but the spinal cord anatomy yep. generally. And so now we're going to move on to the brain and just have a very, very basic understanding of what regions of the brain there are and some of the major features and some introduction into some basic terminology. Exactly, because if we don't talk about the brain mm. very briefly, it's not going to make a lot of sense when we talk about mm. the pathways going into the brain. And I think it's going to be very important for you to understand these terminologies to, in order to later understand, let's say, strokes and other things like that, exactly. what happens, why they happen. That's right. Yep. So let's mm. kick, kick, off, uh, kick us off by talking mm. about... Um, so the, the technical term for the brain is called the cerebrum, isn't it? Mm. Um, and the cerebrum is... Well, that's part of the brain. Part of the brain, yeah. yeah. And that's mm. the, the brain tissue in, mm. in essence. Mm. Another term that you guys might come across is the neocortex. So we'll talk about the neocortex um, in this episode, but we'll talk about it once we've finished our um, mm. introductory. So let's talk about where the cerebrum is found, so where the brain is found. So you'd typically find it, I guess, located inside your skull. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, in, in, so that's the most obvious question. And it mm. goes from the frontal um, bone. If mm. you have a look at the skull, you have the frontal bone at the front, mm. um, posteriorly all the way back to the occipital bone, which is right at the back of the head. Yep. And it fills the um, anterior and the middle cranial fossa, so these dimples within or these depressions within the skull. Mm-hmm. And it's so it normally sits about above the tentorium cerebri. So we mentioned before that spinal cord has three layer coverings yep. and so does the brain it's essentially that same covering yeah um, so the tentorium cerebri is the extension of the dura matter which is the most outer of that protective covering yes now we also alluded to in our previous talk about the different arrangements of the um the the, uh, the gray matter and the white matter so how does it look like in the cerebrum because i think it's a bit different to the spinal it cord, is very it? different actually so in the spinal cord gray is on the inside and white is on the outside yep but unfortunately, in the brain or in the cerebrum specifically, the gray is on the outside and the white matter, which are the tracks, are on the inside. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that the gray matter only area which we you know commonly associate with all this amazing processing only accounts for the very superficial part of the cerebral mm, cortex and majority of the the cerebral cortex actually comprises of um, white matter which is these highways that carry signals across ah. which i find amazing all your thinking happens in this very small mm. superficial layer and all that communication happens in the rest of the brain it's amazing wow um now how does the cerebrum look like is it sort of a is it a clean mm. is it folded is it straight mm. i think it used to be uh, the cerebrum eventually uh, well, with, as intellect developed, the cerebrum got larger and larger, and eventually yep. they started to fold in on themselves. So it might yep. have been like, like I don't know, I, I haven't studied evolutionary biology. They might have been mm-hmm. like flat. But now in humans, they have these grooves and um, de- depressions and ridges. Yep. And there's these very important terms that um, you need to know. So one is called a sulci, and one is called a gyri. Yes. Sulci refers to the depressions. And gyri refers to the ridges. Yeah. And I think when we were studying back in first year, so we, we came up with this, um, the way to remember it. It's, it's very silly, but I think it really stuck in my head. Well, so let's say if you fall into a groove, you would sit there and sulk. That's how, I, yeah, yeah, that's right. And so that you probably won't forget it from that. And then also if you, once you climb up a really tall hill and go to, get up to a really high elevation, you will be so happy you'll start gyrating. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that, that never made me confuse, uh, get confused about yeah, it. Yeah, because I always struggled with that term before we came yeah. across it. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. So um, from... So, so the brain doesn't just have these you know, small folds and small elevations. Mm-hmm. Um, so the salt guys and gyres, they also have these massive sort of mm-hmm. fissures and craters, don't they? Yes. And there's a couple of important ones that are worth knowing because that's how they separate the various parts of the brain. Mm. So let's briefly talk about what the false cerebri is. Mm. Uh, the false cerebri 
is this part of the Dira Mater that actually um, seems to uh, go down the midline of the the skull yeah. to actually separate, or it seemingly separates the 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 cerebellum yeah. into two hemispheres, mm-hmm. one on the left side and one on the right side. Yeah. So the the yeah, exactly so it fills that gap. So there's no because you know you don't want any emptiness between the two brains. You don't want them mm. to be bouncing against each other. So that folk cerebri feels that and it's also important to mention that the corpus callosum which is a structure inside the middle of the cerebrum connects the two hemispheres as well because mm. um, they still need to communicate with each other mm. but there's other important sulci that we need to talk about so what's the central sulci uh the central sulci is a very large fissure that you can see when you look on uh, look at the brain on the sideways yeah. view and it is one of the main landmarks what you use to separate the frontal lobe of the brain to the parietal lobe exactly. of the brain. Yeah. There's also the lateral sulcus as well, which um, is, is a groove that's important for separating the frontal and the parietal lobe from the temporal lobe. I think another name for um, mm-hmm. the lateral sulcus is also the sylvian uh, fissure as yes, well. Yes, I think so, name. yes. Some, some of these structures have multiple names, so don't, mm. don't be confused. Mm. Um, and finally, let's quickly talk about the lunate sulcus as well. Mm. Um, and, and what does that sort of indicate if you do when you when you do look at it uh look at the brain and I, you see that i think if you if you look at look for if you see that particular soul because that separates the occipital cortex from the parietal lobe um yeah i is think it? with that one i think it's just it's a structure that it's a sulcus that you just see in the temporal lobe so that kind of tells is you it? that you're in the temporal lobe yeah huh, i don't okay. think it's actually um uh, separating any particular structures i think the Oops. temporal lobe is separated from the parietal and the um and the frontal lobe via that sylvian fissure um now there's also important gyres aren't they so gyres being these elevations um what mm-hmm. would be the pre what would be some examples of gyres that are important for us to know because yep. they play important roles don't they yeah probably these two are the ones that um that stand out the most to mm. me so one of them would be so now that we know that there's this central sulcus in front of it is uh, or anterior to it is the precentral gyrus and behind it is the postcentral gyrus. Yeah. The precentral gyrus is directly associated with motor cortex. Yeah. It's called the primary motor cortex, where I guess most of the um, motor information can co- come out. And whereas behind it is the postcentral gyrus, where yeah. most of the somatosensory or like you know sensory information goes into the brain. Exactly. Yeah. And you also have the superior temporal gyrus, which is um, located inferior, so just below the lateral, so that still being fissure in the, uh, where the temporal lobe is, and that's for reception or you know uh, reception and processing of sound. So that's where your auditory information goes in. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about a lot of these areas in the future when we talk about how um, how we process sound, how we um, communicate. But um, just to keep that in the back of your mind. Okay. Now, so we've kind of alluded to it already, but essentially the brain can be divided into four major lobes. Mm-hmm. So the, the frontal which sits behind the frontal bone and as we mentioned it's separated from the parietal lobe by the um the central sulcus mm-hmm. there's also the parietal lobe whereabouts is that located well the parietal lobe i guess it's located around the parietal bone yep. region yeah and um what what else would you like to talk so about? and it's separated yep. from the um from the frontal lobe via the central sulcus as we've alluded to and from the occipital via the parietal occipital lobe okay. sulcus as well yeah um, and all of these regions play important functions, uh, and we'll explore them in the future. What mm. about the temporal lobe? Whereabouts is that located? Oh, okay. So the temporal lobe is once again located beneath the temporal bone. Yep. And um, it's separated, as we mentioned, from the other structures by that lateral or sylvian, uh, sylvian fissure. Exactly. And finally, mm. there's the occipital lobe, which sits in front of the occipital bone on the back, mm. and that's separated from the parietal lobe by the parietal 
occipital sulcus mm. um, and it sits in front of the tentorum cerebral, which we mentioned that thick dura matter um, forming mm. um, at the base of the, the cerebrum. Mm. Now, this brings us sort of into more of the, the circuitry of the brain now. I think it's very important to talk about before we finish off. Mm. So as we mentioned, the brain, another term that can be used to describe the cerebrum or uh, components of the cerebrum is called the neocortex. Mm-hmm. And neocortex is the most advanced part of the brain. Mm. And it accounts for about 95% of the surface of the, the cerebrum, mm. but there's also about 5% that still are remnants of the sort of the more primitive aspects of the brain. And we'll talk about them more in the future. And that's really the limbic system. Mm. But the cerebral, the neocortex, how many layers does it have? So they have, I think they've found to, uh, to find uh, about six distinctive layers yep. of the cortex. And in other more primitive areas of the brain, there's only three yeah, cortex. Yeah. And that's uh, how you kind of know. Yeah. Mm. Um, and with the new with the cortex is uh, the, the six layers it's important to mention that the different layers have different thicknesses depending on the function region. yeah and the region of the brain yeah for example do you want to maybe mention what the sensory cortex looks like from a thickness point of view actually i don't quite know that too oh, okay well. yeah, yeah. Um, i think with the sensory mm. cortex um because it's mm. um, communicating quite a lot to the um or it's mm. receiving a lot of information um from the thalamus it's got mm. The sensory cortex, which is referring to the, um, it's in the parietal lobe, yep. has a higher concentration of neurons in the uh, fourth layer. Yeah. Whereas with the motor cortex, which sends a lot of axons into the um, the brainstem as mm. well as the thalamus, it's got a higher thickness in the layer five and layer six. Mm. And all of these, uh, you tend to see a lot of pyramidal cells, which are very excitatory, and so they release glutamate. Okay. Um, and these pyramidal cells come we we encounter them in other parts of the brain as well which we'll talk about when we talk about the um, for example the cerebellum and things like that okay now we kind of mentioned that there are projections going to the thalamus mm. right but there's also projections that go between brain regions isn't there mm, yes definitely. Um, and what do you know do you remember what layers are involved with um uh, that sort of communication between not mm. through the thalamus but through different cerebral mm. cortex and so this was quite interesting so let's say if you're if the right hemisphere is talking to the left hemisphere, you require something to go from one cortex to the other cortex, yep. and they can go through these commissural pathways. Yep. So these, so you've got an anterior commissure and a posterior commissure, mm-hmm. and these guys happen in the um, the third layer, apparently. Yeah. yeah, a lot of that happens there. Mm. And what about if, if, let's say, one part of the parietal cortex needs to, let's say, communicate to a different part of the parietal cortex? Is there a name for that track as well? Yes. So, like, let's say if you're communicating in between the same side of the hemisphere, then that would be, an, I think that's an association um, fiber yeah. or like an association um, track. So that would also still be in the third layer, apparently. Exactly, yeah. Mm. I think in general, layers two and three in the uh, in the cortex mm. tend to be involved with communication between various cortical regions, whereas the mm. layers deeper down, which makes sense, mm. send fibers into the deeper brain structures like the thalamus and then obviously mm. to the spinal cord Actually, as well. That, that does seem to make sense. Yeah. Mm. And just to finish off, there's a concept that I've come across, which I thought it was, uh, when I first came across, it was quite confusing. It was mm. the concept between a mapped region versus an unmapped region. Mm. Um, so what is a map region? I think it becomes it makes sense when you talk about the sensory and the motor pathways, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So like so these are the re- uh, regions of the brain that seem to have a um, very spe- they, they create this very specific image, or mm-hmm. say you can you can 
uh, put a homunculus or you know like a, a small mini miniature man into that particular into that region. region and yeah. you can say oh that's where the hand is that where the arm is that's yeah. where the nose and um and these other types of things are yeah exactly. so they have a very specific point um uh, map yeah. of that region it's pretty much it's like you're having a um, street map on your head and the street mm-hmm. map corresponds to different body regions um, oh, that's true yeah good, good it's point. really interesting yeah but the unmapped regions are often associated uh, referred to as the association cortex and mm-hmm. that actually accounts it really blew my mind when i um, first encountered this concept mm-hmm. it actually accounts for the majority of the cortex and this is i think what gives humans intelligence is mm-hmm. the fact that you know these association cortex can communicate to each other in various um, parts of the mm-hmm. cortex and each of these association cortex, let's say in the frontal, the parietal, and they play an important role in higher functions. So mm. do you want to maybe mention what the frontal lobe association cortex are, are thought to, to mm. be involved with? Yeah, so basically these unmapped, uh, or these association cortex, they get information from all the all different types mm. of cortex, uh, of areas. And so in the frontal lobe, they, you would, uh, prob- they, they think that it's associated or responsible for higher intellect, personality, mood, social conduct, and language. And you can also see like, you know, these particular feats of intellect aren't really to do with one particular sensory. You yeah. need to compute and use a lot of different cues, visual exactly. cues, and other things, especially yeah. with social conduct. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. You need mm. to take into account, you know, you know, visual inputs, mm. auditory inputs, language mm. inputs, so, and then you need to yeah. put them together, link it, and make some make sense out of it. Yeah, so like a map won't really help too much. You need to be <laughs> freely thinking. Exactly. Mm. It's so amazing. Mm. And for example, the prior lobe association cortex are important for language calculations or maybe maths mm. um, and visual spatial functions for example okay. and the temporal lobe is important for memory and language mm. all of these things we're going to explore in much more detail this is more of an introduction to um to the mm. brain so um i know this seems very superficial but just bear with it we're going to talk a lot more detail in the future yep so in this episode we talked about um what the cerebrum is so it accounts for the big portion of the brain mm. um it's uh has different sulci so if you're Feeling sulky, you're feeling depressed. So sulky <laughs> refers to um, the depressions. Yeah. Gyro refers to the the ridges in the yeah. brain. Mm. You've got different lobes: frontal, parietal, temporal, and occipital. Mm. And uh, the neocortex, which is this more advanced layer of the bra- uh, uh, the the cere- cerebrum, mm. accounts for ninety five percent of the mm. uh, the brain, and it's important for processing and thought and it has different layers of different thickness depending Mm. on the part of the brain yeah is there anything else you want to add well i I guess i wanted to clarify one of the boo-boos i kind of made in this episode so i think when we mentioned the lunate sulcus i'm not actually too sure where that is but what i was thinking of that the thing that actually separates the parietal lobe and the occipital lobe is the parietal occipital sulcus and that's what i had in mind when i was mentioning that uh but yeah other than that I think I'm good. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining in. Mm. So in our next episode, we're going to start talking more about how sensation is and the pathways for us to actually be able to sense the world around us. Mm. And we mainly start with the skin and tactile sensations first. And then we'll, in in the future, talk about the eyes. So Mm. join us in our next episode where we start exploring some of these more Mm -hmm. specific aspects of the brain. Mm. See you next time. So today was put together by our executive producer Gautam and our core editor Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.